if you watching this video on QRE Network, just remember that the full video is going to be on Guardians of Magic because that's where I'll keep all my Atlantis and Lemurian stuff. So just keep that in mind. But if you listen to this on podcast, uh, which is fine, uh, but there will be a link in the description if you want to see the video of this conversation so you can see what Sarah and Jen looks like. So Sarah, Jen, was there anything that I did not discuss or ask y'all that y'all wanted to talk about? Was there anything that you like, like, ah, oh, this would be good to talk about? You know, I always found it fascinating what we uncovered about stone circles in the, in our regressions as well. And I, I know there's a fascination in our popular culture with things like Stonehenge and, and just where are these monoliths coming from? How long have they been there? And what I believe we un understood through our regressions is that this was an ancient transport system set up by the first people to come to our planet and colonize it. And under the right conditions, it would activate and allow you to go to different colonies that had been sent up by what we set up by what we believe were aliens, star seeds, anyone who had come here looking to colonize and to, mm. you know, continue their experience. So that was something I, I was surprised by and I often enjoyed understanding was this natural pull to these stone circles. What was it? Well, that's what it was. It was our, it was our transport system, our subway, our earthly subway. Gotcha. And, and that, that theory has been discussed a few times. So, that you, you know, that's not the first time I've, I've heard that. It has. Yeah. Sarah tells me all the time, like, oh my goodness, that's a thing. And I'm, I literally came into this knowing so little about any of it. I, it, it it's always entertaining to me when someone says, well, that's a thing, that's a thing. And I'm like, I had no idea. Innocent and naive and all of this stuff. <laughs> but that's great. That's what makes you such an excellent subject for this work. Truly, because you I didn't know very, any of this stuff. And also very skeptical too. Very, very methodical in my work. I worked as a journalist for years. I'm not a big person to go off into this whole, like off on the, you know, the sci-fi end and, it just kind of found me, I guess it, it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just adds more truth to your work. You know, it's not like you're, you're sitting there digging into uh, conspiracy theories and, you know, sci-fi channel stuff or, or history channel stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like it's something I've almost avoided my whole life because it kind of made me a little uncomfortable, but I think I understand what that was now. It wasn't uncomfortable. It was just me not listening to what, I should have listened to a long time ago. I should have opened up to these ideas, to this higher self of my my own, this guidance, and probably would have saved myself a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You end. Up I love you, it. You end up where you end up. I love it. Exactly. So you mentioned um, the circles, the stone circles, and everything. Is that like Stonehenge? Oh, a hundred percent. I okay. think Stonehenge is one of the ancient entrances that's left on our planet. I think a lot of them have been uh disbanded because of the powers that they held the ability for these transportations to happen weren't always beneficial to people so gotcha now, I don't, I'm, is this in your book child of the universe by any chance 100%. it's in my it's both i think both it's in both yeah. okay yeah because uh i want to see if there's some similarities because dolores cannon talks because she was a big fan of stonehenge as well so right she even went there a couple of times so I want to know if there's some similarities. Oh, definitely. 
Definitely. And it's funny, even the Dolores Cannon books, like Sarah was using the QHHT method, but she purposely like withheld the books from me until we were <laughs> And it's then I let her have have a few. <laughs> and oh, then yeah. she gave me like three at a time and I devoured them and my mind was blown because how how where like how and why I'll never really Well I I really wanted to give them to you because it's so confirming. There's a lot of the stuff that we uncovered that's that are it's in the book. So I just wanted you to be able to see that. Oh, definitely. Not crazy. Such a pleasant surprise, completely. Perfect, perfect. I love it. I love it. Yeah, because I remember, because even with me, you know, reading a lot of the books and everything. So I was like, there's certain things like, man, how would that work? Even if it is a teleportion, you know, type of device or even energy or anything like that. It's like, it's made out of stone. How does that work? <laughs> you You'll know? have to read the book. Exactly. Exactly. So I just kept an open mind and I just go with it, you know, and Dolores Cannon's book. I don't know if y'all talked, y'all talked about why it was destroyed. Atlantis? Oh, Stonehenge. Uh, Stonehenge. Hmm. Well, Stonehenge, I, I don't believe Stonehenge was destroyed. I think that was left up until probably the Ice Age came in, and that also would have had an effect on the placement of the stones that would have allowed for it to activate. And now it's just in such disarray, no one really knows what to do with it. There are other ones I believe were destroyed, destroyed, but I think Stonehenge is one of those last little question marks left around to kind of pick your interest and pull you in. Do you think it would work? Do you think if the conditions were right that that would work? The chasm would open? Based on Stonehenge? I don't think I want it to work. Right. Me either. But <laughs> just out of curiosity. Mm, maybe. <laughs> You'd have to find a red crystal. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is cool because uh, oh, you're a fan of Edgar Casey by any chance, Jen? Do you I've actually never read any of Edgar Casey's work. Good, good. Keep it up, because let, let, let us explore that. <laughs> not, not to be a little selfish or anything, but you mentioned the red crystal, and I just wanted to give you some confirmation. It, for the people that are fans of Edgar Casey out there, um, he's, he's mentioned the red crystal as well, and and that it was called the bloodstone. And the firestone so and that would make sense to what i saw because the the gem that i continuously saw in our sessions was a dull blood red stone it wasn't uh bright red it wasn't this like dazzling ruby it was a very dull stone but it had many facets to it and that was just what i continuously was shown and some people recall it as black because it's so like dark dull and dark Many different descriptions of it. Gotcha. <laughs> or it could be another crystal. Could be more That's than true. one. I think there are more. I think recently I've been kind of getting some ideas that there could be some blue crystals out there. <laughs> I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of that popping up lately out of here and there. And I try now to really pay attention to the signs I see. So maybe for the next book, we'll understand the blue crystals a little better. Oh, interesting. Uh, here's a question that just came to mind. Jen and Sarah, have y'all both had past lives together at the same time? Mm -hmm. Now, what was that like? 
<laughs> or should we wait for the book? <laughs> we have a lot, but the ones that I think are the most prevalent right now are the ones that we shared in Atlantis. In our last days, the last days of Atlantis, we were together right up until the last couple of minutes, and then we were pulled apart, and I did my thing. Okay. Was that when Sarah was a captain on a boat? Ah, no, was I was a judge. He was a judge. Yeah. Oh, with, all right. So this happened to be with the island with the mutants? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Was so you was in, oh, I'm sorry. Ah. Go ahead. Oh, so you was in that part, lifetime as well? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Almost like a Supreme Court Justice of Atlantis and was in charge of being the humanitarian and, and creating a uh, plan for the animal people of Atlantis. Got it. So you was a judge as well or like Sarah or, or? No, she was a prisoner. Oh, okay. And I knew her then <laughs> as well. She and we were together close to the time um, I had a heart attack before the end of Atlantis, but, right. um, but we knew each other very well. Wow, that's interesting. I did and not know that. If you're watching this video on QRE Network, just remember that the full video is going to be on Guardians of Magic, because that's where I'll keep all my Atlantis and Lemurian stuff, so just keep that in mind. But if you listen to this on podcasts, uh, which is fine, uh, but there will be a link in the description if you want to see the video of this conversation so you can see what Sarah and Jen looks like. How can someone get in touch with you if they're interested in a session with you? Well, they can go to my website. It's www.thetheholistichypnotist.com. www.thehistichypnotist.com. Perfect. And I'll have a link in the description if you just want to click it as well. Uh, Jen, is, is there any way you want people to contact you, send you love letters, anything like that? Thank you letters, how you changed their lives? <laughs> Actually, I would truly love to hear from anyone who feels that this book has helped them in any way. So the best way to get in touch with me is to go to my website. It's uh, www.jlfsullivan, which is my name, my writer's name, .com. And I'm sure you've got the link for that up. So just go and check that out. I've got a bunch of different things on there, ideas. I make lots of different Pinterest boards with different pins I've designed that relate to the book. So I think there's a lot of little things you can check out and see if it's something that kind of sparks your memories from a lost time. Okay, perfect, perfect. Is there anything in the book that didn't make it that you weren't too sure of? Oh my gosh, I had a lot of stuff in my book that I had to cut. Uh -oh. I had um, just more information about Mount Shasta. Um, I just would go through different pieces and cut stuff that I thought wasn't really relevant to the same storyline. And maybe it'll be in the next book. Who knows? I don't know yet. I think it all has its place in the next book or the next books that we come up with. I see this as just something that just grows. The minute we figure out one area, that suddenly they bring us to a new area and you see how it all fits in together. It's just a huge puzzle and it's probably like a 2,000 piece puzzle. So <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a lot of piecing together to do and no shortage of material to write about. Right, oh, definitely. Seems like it's endless. And then you start talking about other planets, lifetimes and other planets. 